0: Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets chapter 3 The Burrow Ron breathed Harry creeping to the window and pushing it up so that they could talk through the bars Ron how did you what the Ron, Harry's mouth fell open as the full impact of what, what he was seeing was hitting him Ron was leaning out of the back window of an old turquoise car which was parked in mid-air Grinning at Harry from all from the front seats were Fred and George Ron's elder twin brothers "'All right, Harry,' asked George. "'What's been going on?' said Ron. "'Why haven't you been answering my letters? "'I've asked you to stay about 12 times, "'and then Dad came home and said "'you've got an official warning from the Ministry of Magic "'for using magic in front of muggles.' "'It wasn't me. How did you know?' "'He worked for the Ministry,' said Ron. "'You know we're not supposed to do spells outside of school.' "'You should talk,' said Harry, staring at the floating car." oh this doesn't count we're only borrowing this and it's dad's we didn't enchant it but doing magic in front of muggles you live with i told you i didn't but it'll take too long to explain now look can you tell them at hogwarts that the dursleys have locked me up and i won't be able to come back and obviously i can't magic myself out because the ministry will think that's the second spell i've done in three days so oh stop gibbering we've come to take you with us but you can't magic me out either we don't need to said ron jerking his head toward the front of the seat and grinning you forget who i'm with tie that around the bars said fred throwing the end of a rope to harry if the dursleys wake up i'll be dead said harry as he tied the rope tightly around the bar and as fred revved up the car don't worry stand back said fred Harry moved back into the shadows next to Hedwig who seemed to have realized how important this was and kept still and silent. The car revved louder and louder and suddenly with a crunching noise the bars were pulled clean out the window as Fred drove straight up into the air. Harry ran back and Harry ran back to the window to see the bars dangling a few feet above the ground. Panting Ron hoisted them up into the car. Harry listened anxiously but there was no sound from the Dursleys' bedroom. And when the bars were fine, were safely in the back seat with Ron, Fred reversed as close as possible to Harry's window. Get in, Ron said. But my Hogwarts stuff, my wand, my broomstick, where is it? Locked in the locked in the cupboard underneath the stairs, and I can't get out of this room. No problem. Out of the way, Harry," said John. "said George from the front passenger seat." Fred and George climbed catlike through the window into Harry's room. You had to hand it to them, thought Harry, as George took out an ordinary hairpin from his pocket and started to pick the lock. A lot of wizards think it's a waste of time, knowing this sort of muggle trick, but we feel, we feel their skills worth learning, even if they are a bit slow. There was a small click, and the door swung open. So, we'll get your trunk, and you grab anything you need from your room and hand it out to Ron, whispered George. Watch out for the bottom stair bottom stair. It creaks. Harry whispered back as the twins disappeared into the dark landing. Harry dashed around his room collecting his things and passing them out of the window to Ron. Then he went to help Fred and George heave his trunk up the stairs, and Harry heard Uncle Vernon cough. At last, panting. They reached the landing and carried out, they reached the landing and carried the trunk through Harry's room into to the open window. Fred climbed back into the car to pull Fred climbed back into the car to pull with Ron, and Harry and George pushed from the bed- bedroom side. Inch by inch, the trunk slid through the window. Uncle Vernon coughed again. A bit more, one good push panted Fred, who was pulling from the inside of the car. Harry and George threw their shoulders against the trunk and it slid out of the window into the back seat of the car. Okay, let's go. George whispered. But as Harry climbed into the windowsill, there came a sudden loud screech from behind him, followed immediately by the thunder of Uncle Vernon's voice. That ruddy owl! I've forgotten Hedwig! Harry tore back across the room as the landing light clicked on. He snatched up Hedwig's cage, dashed, dashed to the window, and passed it out to Ron. He was scrambling back onto the chest of drawers when Uncle Vernon hammered to hammered on the unlocked door and it crashed open for a split second uncle vernon stood framed in the doorway and he let out a bellow like angry bull and he let out a bellow like an angry bull and dived at harry grabbing him by the ankle ron fred and george seized harry's arms and pulled him as hard as they could petunia roared uncle vernon he's getting away he's getting away but the Weasleys gave a gigantic tug and Harry's legs slid out from Uncle Vernon's grasp and Harry was in the car. He'd slammed the door shut. Put your foot down, Fred! yelled Ron and the car shot suddenly towards the moon. Harry couldn't believe it. He was free. He rolled down his window and the night air was whipping in his hair. He looked back and at the shrinking rooftops of Privet Drive. Uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia, and Dudley were all hanging dumbstruck struck out of harry's window "see you next summer" yelled harry the weasleys roared with laughter and harry settled back to, into his seat grinning from ear to ear "let's like let's let hedwig out" he told ron "she can fly behind us she hasn't got the stre- chance to stretch her wings for ages" george handed the hairpin george handed the hairpin to ron and a moment later hedwig was soared Hedwig soared joyfully out of the window to glide alongside them like a ghost. So, what's the story, Harry? Ron said impatiently. What's been happening? Harry told them all about Dobby and the warning he had given Harry and the fiasco of the violet pudding. There was a long, shocked silence when he had finished. Very fishy, said Fred finally. Definitely dodgy. Agreed, George. So he wouldn't even tell you who, who's supposed to be plotting all of this stuff. I don't think he could tell," said Harry. "I told you. Every time he got close to letting something slip, he started banging his head against the wall. He saw Fred and George look at each other. What do you think he was? What you think he was lying to me?" said Harry. "Well," said Fred. "Put it this way: How's have?" House elves have got powerful magic of their own, but they can't usually use it without their master's permission. I reckon Dobby was sent to pop I reckon Dobby was sent to stop you coming back to Hogwarts. Someone's idea of a joke. Can you think of anyone at school who has a grudge against you? Yes, Harry and Ron said together instantly. Draco Malfoy Harry explained. He hates me. Draco Malfoy said george turning around not lucius malfoy's son it must be it's not a very common name is it said harry why i've heard uh i've heard dad talking about him he was a big supporter of you know who said george and when you know who disappeared said fred craning around to look at harry lucius malfoy came back saying he'd never meant any of it load of dung dad reckons he was right in you know who's inner circle Harry had heard those rumors about the Malfoys before, and they didn't surprise him whatsoever. Malfoy made Dudley Dursley look like a kind, thoughtful, sensitive little boy. I don't know whether the Malfoys own a house elf, said Harry. Well, whoever owns him will be an old wizarding family, and they'll be rich, said Fred. Yeah, Mum's always wishing we had a house elf to do the ironing, but all we've got is a lousy old ghoul at that in the attic and gnomes all over the garden house elves come with big old manors and castles and places like that you wouldn't catch one in our house harry was silent judging by the fact that draco malfoy usually had the best of everything his family was rolling in wizard gold he could just see malfoy strutting around a large manor house Sending the family servant to stop Harry from going back to Hogwarts also sounded exactly like the sort of thing Malfoy would do. Had Harry been stupid to take Dobby seriously? I'm glad we came to get you anyway, said Ron. I was getting really worried when you didn't answer any of my letters. I know it. I thought it was Errol's fault at first. Who's Errol? Oh, Errol's our owl. He's ancient. I, it wouldn't be the first time he's collapsed on a delivery. So when I tried the burrows to borrow Hermes, who? The old Mal, the old owl mum bought and Dad. and dad bought per- Percy when he made prefect, said Fred from the front. But Percy wouldn't lend him to me. Said he needed him. Percy's been acting very oddly this summer, said George frowning, and he has been sending a lot of owl of letters and spending a load of time shut up in his room. I mean, there's only so many times you can polish a prefect's badge. You're driving too far west, Fred, he added, pointing at a compass on the dashboard, and Fred twiddled the steering wheel. So, does your dad know that you've got the car? Said Harry, guessing the answer. Er, no. He had to work tonight. Hopefully, we'll be able to get back in the garage without Mom noticing we flew it. And what does your dad do at the Ministry of Magic, anyway? He works at an old, boring department, said Ron. The misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office. The what? It's all to do with the bewitching things that are Muggle-made. You know, in case they end up back in a Muggle shop or house. Like, last year, some old witch died and her tea set was sold to an antique shop. This Muggle woman bought it, took it home, and tried to serve her friend's tea in it. It was a nightmare. Dad was working overtime for weeks. What happened? Harry said. Oh, the teapot went berserk and squirted boiling water all over the place and one man ended up in the hospital with sugar tongs clamped to his nose. Dad was going frantic. It's only him and an old warlock called Perkins in the office and they had to do the old memory charge. They had to do memory charms and all sorts of stuff to cover it up. But your dad, this car, Fred laughed. Huh, "'Yeah, Dad's crazy about everything to do with muggles. "'Our shed's full of muggle stuff. "'He takes it apart, puts his spells on it, "'and puts it back together again. "'If he raided our house, "'he'd have to put himself under arrest. "'It drives Mum mad.' That's the, "'That's the main road down there, George. "'Fred,' said George, peering down through the windshield. "'We'll be there in ten minutes. "'Just as well. Getting, it's getting light.' "'And a faint pinkish glow was visible "'along the horizon to the east.' Fred brought the, brought the car lower, and Harry saw a dark patchwork of fields and clumps of trees. We're a little ways out the village, said George Ottery Street, catchpole, lower and lower went flying the car, lower and lower went flying went the flying car. The edge of the brilliant red sun was now gleaming through the trees. Touch down, said Fred, as with a slight bump they hit the ground. They had landed next to a tumble-down garage in a small yard, and Harry looked out for the first time at Ron's house. It looked as though it had once been a large stone pig pen, but extra rooms had been added there and th- here and there until it was several stories high and so crooked, it looked as though it, w- it was held up by magic, which Harry reminded himself, it probably was. Four or five chimneys were perched on top of a red roof, and a lopsided a lopsided sign stuck to the ground near the entrance that read the burrow around the front door around the front door lay a jumble of rubber boots and very rusty cauldrons several fat brown chickens were pecking their way around the yard it's not much said ron it's wonderful said harry happily thinking of privet drive they got out of the car now we'll go upstairs really quietly and said fred and we will wait for mom to call us for breakfast then ron you come bounding downstairs saying look mom who's turned look mom who's turned up uh in the night and she'll be all pleased to see harry and no one will ever know she flew the car right come on harry i slept at the at the i sleep at the top ron had gone a very nasty greenish color and his eyes fixed on the house the other three wheeled around Missus Weasley was marching across the yard scattering chickens, and for a short, plump, kind faced woman, it was remarkable how much she looked like a saber toothed tiger. Ah, said Fred. Oh, dear, said George. Missus Weasley came to a halt in front of them, her hands on her hips, staring from one guilty face to the next. She was wearing a flowered apron with a wand sticking out of the pocket. So, she said. Morning, mum said george and what he clearly thought was a jaunty winning voice have you any idea how worried i've been said mrs weasley in a deadly whisper sorry Mum, but we had but you see we had to, but mom and all three of the mrs weasley sons were taller than she was but they cowered at her rage broke over them "'Beds empty, no, no, car gone, could have crashed. "'Out of my mind with worry, did you care? "'Never as long as I live. "'You wait until your father gets home. "'We never had trouble like this "'from Bill or Charlie or Percy!' "'Prefect Percy,' muttered, dr- muttered Fred. "'You could do with, the taking a, with taking a leaf out of Percy's book!' "'Yelled Mrs. Weasley, "'prodding a finger in Fred's chest.' You could have died. You could have been seen. You could have lost your father his job. It seemed to go on for hours. Mrs. Weasley had shouted herself hoarse before she turned on Harry, who backed away. I'm very pleased to see you, Harry, dear. Come in. We'll have you some breakfast. She turned and walked back into the house, and Harry, after a nervous glance at Ron, who nerd, who, who nodded encouragingly, followed her. The kitchen was small and rather cramped, and there was a scrubbed wooden table and chairs in the middle, and Harry sat down on the edge of his seat looking around. He had never been in a wizard's house before. The clock on the wall opposite him had only one hand and no numbers written on it at all. Written around the edges were things like, time to make tea, time to feed the chickens, and you're late. Books were stacked three deep on the mantelpiece, books with titles like charm your own cheese enchantment and baking and one minute feasts it's magic and unless harry's ears were deceiving him the old radio next to the sink had just announced that upcoming that coming up next was witching hour with the popular singing sorceress Celesti- celestina warbeck mrs weasley was clattering around cooking breakfast a little half hazardly throwing dirty looks at her sons and th- she threw some sausages onto the fi- frying pan Every now and then she muttered things like, don't you know what? I don't know what you were thinking of and never would I have believed it. And uh, I don't blame you, dear, she assured Harry, tipping eight or nine sausages onto his plate. Arthur and I have been worried about you too. Just last night we were saying we'd come and get you ourselves if you hadn't written back to Harry to Ron by Friday. But really, she was now adding three fried eggs onto his plate. Flying in a legal car halfway across the country, anyone could have seen you. She flicked her wand casually at the dishes in the sink, which began to clean themselves, clinking gently into, in the background. It was cloudy, Mum said Fred. You keep your mouth closed while you're eating, Mrs. Weasley snapped. They were starving him, Mum said George. And you said Mrs. Weasley, but it was with a slight and, slightly softened expression now that she started cutting Harry bread and buttering it for him. At that very moment, there was a diversion in the form of a small, red-headed figure in a long nightdress who appeared in the kitchen she gave a sm- as she gave a small squeal and ran out again. "'Ginny,' said Ron in an undertone to Harry. "'My sister, she's been talking about you all summer.' "'Yeah, she'll be wanting your autograph, Harry.' fred said with a grin but he caught his mother's eye and bent his face over his plate without another word nothing more was said until all four plates were clean which took a surprisingly short amount of time blimey i'm tired yawned Fred, yawned fred setting him down his knife and fork at last i think i'll go to bed and you will not snapped mrs weasley it is your fault you've been up all night you are to denome the garden for me and they're completely out of hand again Oh, mom, and you too, she said, glaring at Ron and Fred. You can go up to bed, dear, she added to Harry. You didn't ask them to fly that wretched car. But Harry, who felt wide awake, said quickly, Oh, I'll help Ron. I've never seen a denoming. That's very sweet of you, dear, but it's dull work, said Mrs. Weasley. Now let's see what Lockhart's got to say on the subject. And she pulled out a heavy book from the stack on the mantelpiece george groaned mom we know how to denome a garden harry looked at the covers looked at the cover of mrs weasley's book written across it in fancy gold letters were were the words gilderoy lockhart's guide to household pets there was a big photograph on the front of a very good looking wizard with blonde wavy hair and bright blue eyes as always in the wizarding world the photograph was moving and the wizard who harry supposed was gilderoy lockhart kept winking cheekily up at them and mrs weasley beamed down at him oh he is just marvelous he knows his household pests all right what a wonderful book Mum fancies him said fred in a very audible whisper don't be ridiculous fred said mrs weasley her cheeks rather pink oh all right all right. If you think you know better than Lockhart, you can go and get on with it. And woe betide you if you. And woe betide you if there's a single gnome in that garden when I come out to expect, inspect it. Yawning and grumbling, the Weasleys slouched outside with Harry behind him. The garden was large, and in Harry's eyes, exactly what a garden should be. The Dursleys wouldn't have liked it. There were plenty of weeds, and the grass needed cutting. But, but there were. And there were gnarled trees all around the walls, plants Harry had never seen spilled from every flower bed, and a big green pond full of frogs. Muggles have garden gnomes, too, you know," Harry told Ron as they crossed the lawn. "Yeah, but I, I've seen those things that, I've seen those things they think are gnomes," said Ron, bent double with his head in a peony bush, like fat little Santa Clauses with fishing rods. There was a violent scuffling noise, and it, there was a violent scuffling noise, and the peony bush shuddered, and Ron straightened up. "This is a gnome," he said grimly. "Get her off me! Get her off me!" squealed the gnome. It was certainly nothing like Santa Claus. It was a small and leathery looking. It was small and leathery looking, with a large, knobby, bald head exactly like a potato. Ron held it at arm's length and kicked him as, and kicked him out. Ron held it at arm's length as it kicked out at him with its horny little feet. He grasped it, he grasped it around the ankles, turned it upside down. This is what you have to do, he said, and he raised the gnome above his head. Get off me and started to swing it in a great circles like a lasso. Seeing seeing the shocked look on Harry's face, Ron added, Oh it doesn't hurt them. You've got to make it them really, really dizzy so they can't find their way back to the gnome holes. He let go of the gnome's ankles, and it flew 20 feet into the air and landed with a thud in the field over the hedge. Oh, pitiful, Ron! I bet I can get mine beyond that stump! Harry looked. Harry learned quickly not to feel too sorry for the gnomes. He decided just to drop the first one he caught over the hedge, but the gnome, sensing weakness, sat its razor-sharp teeth into Harry's finger, and he had, he had a hard job shaking it off until... Wow, Harry! That must have been 50 feet! The air was soon thick with flying gnomes. See, they're not too bright," said George, seizing five or six, gnom- six gnomes at once. The moment they know the knowings, de- the moment they know the denomings going on, they storm up to have a look. You'd think they've learned by now just to stay put. Soon, the crowd of gnomes in the field w- started walking away in, stra- in a straggling line, their little shoulders hunched over. They'll be back said Ron, as they watched the gnomes disappear into the hedge on the other side of the field. They love it here. Dad's too soft with them. He thinks they're funny. Just then, the front door slammed. He's back, said George. Dad's home. They hurried through the garden and back into the house. Mr. Weasley was slumped in a kitchen chair with his glasses off and his eyes closed. He was a thin man, going bald, but with the little hair he had left was as red as any of his children's. He was wearing long green robes, which were dusty and, and travel-worn. What a night, he mumbled, groping for the teapot as they sat down around him. Nine raids, nine! An old Mundungus Fletcher tried to put a hex on me when I had my back turned. Mr. Weasley took a long gulp of tea inside. Find anything, Dad, he said eagerly. All I got were a few shrinking door keys and a biting kettle, yawned Mr. Weasley. There was some pretty nasty stuff that wasn't my department, though. Mortlake was taken away for questioning about some extremely odd ferrets, but that's the commitment to experimental charms, thanks goodness. Why would anyone bother making door keys shrink, said George. Just muggle baiting," said Mister Weasley. "Sell them a key that keeps shrinking to nothing, so they can never find it when they need it. Of course, it's very hard to convict anyone because no muggle would, would admit their keys keep shrinking. They'll insist that they just keep losing it. Bless them, they'll go to any lengths to ignore magic, even if it's staring them in the face. But the thing is, our lot has the, but the things our lot have taken to enchan- enchanting you wouldn't believe." "'Like cars, for instance?' Mrs. Weasley had appeared, holding a long poker like a sword. Mr. Weasley's eyes jerked open. He stared guiltily at his wife. "'Cars? Cars, Molly, dear?' "'Yes, Arthur, cars,' said Mrs. Weasley, her eyes flashing. "'Imagine a wizard buying a rusty old car "'and telling his wife that all he wanted to do "'was take it apart and see how it worked, "'while really he was enchanting it to make it fly.'" Mr Weasley blinked. "Well, dear, I I you'll find that it would be quite within in the law to do that, I think. Even if er e- maybe w- he maybe would have done it better to tell his wife the truth. Huh? There's a loophole in the law, you'll find. As long as he wasn't intending to fly the car, the the f- the fact that the car could fly wouldn't Arthur Weasley, you made sure there was a loophole when you wrote that law." Shouted mrs weasley just so you could carry on tinkering carry on tinkering with all that muggle rubbish in your shed and for your information harry arrived this morning in the car you weren't intending to fly harry said mr weasley blankly harry who he looked around who saw harry and jumped good lord it's harry potter very pleased to meet you ron told us so much about your sons flew that car to harry's house and back last night "'shouted Mrs. Weasley. Ha, "'What have you got to say about that, huh? "'Did you really?' said Mr. Weasley eager, eagerly. "'Did it go all right? I, I mean...' His, faltered. "'He faltered as sparks flew from Mrs. Weasley's eyes. That, "'That was very wrong, boys, very wrong indeed. "'Let's leave them to it,' Ron muttered at Harry "'as Mrs. Mrs. Weasley swelled like a bullfrog. "'Come on, I'll show you my bedroom.' They slipped out of the kitchen and down a narrow passageway to an uneven staircase which wound its way up which wound its way zigzagging up throughout the house. On the third landing a door stood ajar. Harry caught sight of a Harry caught sight of a brown pair of eyes staring blankly at him staring at him before it closed with a snap. Jenny, said Ron, you don't know how weird it is for her to be this shy. She normally never shuts up. They climbed two more flights until they reached the door with peeling paint and small plaque on it that said, Ronald's room. Harry stepped in, his head almost touching the sloped ceiling and blinked. It was like walking into a furnace. Nearly everything in Rom's room seemed to be a violent shade of orange. The bedspread, the walls, and even the ceiling then harry realized that ron had covered nearly every inch of the shabby wallpaper with posters of the same seven witches and wizards all bright all wearing bright orange robes carrying broomsticks and waving energetically your quidditch team said harry the chutley cannons said ron pointing his at the orange bedspread which was em- emblazoned with two black giant black seas and a speeding cannonball, ninth in the league, Ron's school spellbooks were stacked untidily in a corner next to a pile of comics that all seemed to feature the adventures of, Marvin, of Martin Miggs, the Mad Muggle. Ron's magic wand was lying on top of a fish tank full of fo- frog spawn on a windowsill next to his fat gray rat, Scabbers, who was snoozing in a patch of sun. Harry stepped over a pack of self-shuffling playing cards on the floor and looked out of the tiny window. In a field far below, you could see a gang of gnomes sneaking one by one back through the Weasley's hedge. Then he turned to Ron, who was watching him almost nervously, as though waiting for his opinion. "'It's a bit small,' said Ron quickly. "'Not like that room you had with the muggles. "'And I'm right underneath the ghoul in the attic. "'He's always banging on the pipes and groaning.' But Harry, grinning widely, said, this is the best house I've ever been in. And Ron's ears went pink. The end, my friend.